Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm in the endgame now. Seriously, endgame's just like a few days away from the time that we're recording. Um, Maybe a few days away from the time the podcast goes up as well. I want it now. Just... It's unfortunate that, that we happen to be reviewing the best Twilight movie the week that Endgame is coming out because all I want to do is talk about Endgame I mean I'm Alex and this week we are talking about uh, the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn part one oh yeah you got it yeah woo title's obnoxious Well, they they got themselves in a hole when they started calling it the. I, I've been thinking about this about the fact that they called them all the Twilight Saga after the first one, right. not really trusting the 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 brand or the fandom to understand. Oh, that's another. That's another. Twi-. I mean, they, these movies came out in such short succession that I imagine everyone probably would have gotten. Oh, hey, that's 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 Edward and Bella, or, or at least yeah. that's Robert Pattinson and that's that's Kristen Stewart. It's another one of well, them vampire figured, movies. I guess they figure Twilight colon New Moon, Twilight colon Eclipse. No, 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 I'm saying I'm Twilight saying, colon Breaking Dawn. I guess they just figured that would sound ridiculous. No, I'm saying they should have just done New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn Part One, Breaking Dawn Part Two. Right. They yeah. they wanted to do the the Harry Potter thing where they get the Harry Potter name on there. They're not doing these movies came out like you, you put out five movies in five years. So you made a mistake. <laughs> um, maybe it's maybe it's it's just like they 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 they're thinking of the the uh, film enthusiasts that like to actually collect their movies, mm-hmm. like physical copies. Mm-hmm. So like they're organizing it alphabetically. Can't can't put New Moon immediately after Twilight. There it doesn't make any That's sense. It's not, it's not an alphabetical but order. But you can't see you, they were th- they were thinking about the cinephiles, Tyler. They were thinking about real film fans. Who just enjoy going to the movies and and collecting them? But then you would go Twilight, Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn Part One, Part Two, Twilight Eclipse. See, Tyler, Twilight now Sun you're thinking too hard about it, <laughs> and I don't appreciate you mocking me like that about your Twilight collection. <laughs> about my Twilight collection. Wait, what? Movie's <laughs> <laughs> all right. This movie was surprisingly tolerable, yeah. and it made no sense to my brain, and I'm probably going to grade it higher than it deserves, <laughs> A plus. because the last two movies were trash. Yep. Uh, so the Twilight Saga, <laughs> bra- or, yeah, yeah, that's what it's called, the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1 from 2011, directed by Bill Condon, it has a 25% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, really? which is the lowest of all of them so far, and a 60% audience score, which matches the same score for Eclipse and New Moon. See, I want to be like, man, they must have really just been tired of this, but like, we should be tired of this too, and we were, we were like, new, new life. A movie achieving mediocrity was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Tyler, what's your best thing and your worst thing about the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn? Part one of five. This this movie, oh, wait. Um, much like the first one, is not a a cinematic tour de force by any stretch, but it has style. There's a tone. There's a 
There's a very specific sort of Aside visual from the first in... one, this is the only one where I felt like the director firmly put his stamp on it in terms yes. of just style. Yes, exactly. Or just, a, a, like like you said, like a specific tone or feeling that they're going for. Yeah, there's there's the the soundtrack is like I mean I think really good for what they're going for and the angle they're going for. I think it, they hit this really nice kind of interesting sort of uh, I don't I don't I don't know enough about the artist to on the soundtrack to uh, or like I don't think I'd heard any of the songs before except for the uh, flightless bird song that they play again during the wedding, which is excellent. Uh, that they there's a little callback there. Um. But yeah, the just in general the the soundtrack, uh, visually it's it's not you know particularly impressive or anything. There's a couple there's a couple of interesting shots. Um, it looks clean. It looks it you know it looks crisp at least. It, it, the the lighting's good. The lighting doesn't look completely just like washed out and dumb <laughs> like the last two movies. Um, they they have kind of gotten away from the the look of the first one, but this movie in general. Uh, brightens everything up to to a degree that I feel like it, it works. I don't know. They're, they're not trying to uh, like replicate the first one and then forgetting about the fact that they're trying to replicate the first one while shooting so that they don't realize that stuff's going to look terrible when they do it in post-production. They're like, hey, let's let's think about how these shots are going to look and, and make them look visually and aesthetically uh, competent. Why don't we do that? It is funny that there were several shots where I'm like, Alice is is less pale than Anna Kendrick. Sure. This is sure. weird. That's because Anna Kendrick's a, a vampire. No. The, <laughs> yeah. She's only in a single scene. It's very disappointing. Much like the other Don't ones. worry. She's the main character in the next movie. Oh, really? All right. I have something to look forward to then. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, I'm totally not going to be tricked by this. <laughs> the Yeah, so, so I think that's my best thing is the fact that this movie felt like I was watching somebody... Uh, try to present their vision to me. Um, like I said, I think the soundtrack works well. There's some, some nice montages. There's there's some nice little jokes and quips and cues that... This movie are... has a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. And there are jokes that land. And uh, and not all it's of them bizarre. are... It's bizarre. Not all of them are from the book, uh, which is, I guess, we should, we should address in my ongoing uh, attempts to keep track of this franchise... Um, I did actually catch up prior to watching this movie, so, or at least I, I finished the previous book before watching this movie and then read about 100 pages of Breaking Dawn and then uh, proceeded to watch this, and then I've read about 150 more or so. I'm, I'm trucking along here. Uh, so I've read the majority of the source material for this movie. Um, and yeah, it's it's... Like there's things that are like, oh hey, that was something that a a a scriptwriter or the director or somebody thought, hey, that'd be kind of a fun thing or it'd be kind of an interesting idea, and so they put it in there. And they, it's almost like they watched uh, the first movie and then they watched the other two movies and they were like, you know, let's pretend we didn't watch those last two movies, and then they just went back to the first movie and and did a good job of uh, tying it in continuity wise with that. This movie works surprisingly well for, like, I'm just imagining if someone hadn't seen the other movies, they could just watch this as its own thing. Yeah. No, I seriously think you could just watch Twilight and then watch this movie 
Like, the only thing you have to realize is, oh, Jacob's in love with her, and he's a werewolf. Like, that's the only yes. piece of, of information that it, matters. they make it pretty clear, because they show, oh, hey, it's Jacob, he's looking at a wedding invite, he's upset about it, he runs into the rain, he turns into a werewolf. I was worried with that opening scene. Or, I where thought, did you think we were going? I thought it was, it, we were back in New Moon and Eclipse territory, because that scene is hilarious <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. Sure. It... Talk about knowing knowing the audience that is actually going to be paying money to see this in a theater. They don't waste no time in Jacob taking off his shirt and yep. running dramatically yep. into the woods. True. They waste no time. Accurate. <laughs> they know what they're doing. But I was very worried. Sure. <laughs> and unfortunately, see, the movie actually kept from being too stupid after that. See, they. I was immediately kind of like, oh, hey, wait a minute. They thought about this because there's a the, the like one of the I don't think it's the opening scene but one or is it the opening scene I don't remember very early on there's that scene where he 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 drops the invitation and we see uh, that's uh, the opening scene yeah so we see uh, Bella's father Charlie and we see Bella's mother Renee and they are looking at the invite and they have different reactions to it um and like it's like oh hey that's a really quick way of seeing hey how do these characters feel about this thing. Uh, there's there's an event going on that we are building up towards in the first you know act of this movie or so. Uh, yeah. Let's 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 go ahead and get the audience up to speed real quick, as opposed to like the other movies would have probably wasted like five minutes trying to like have a conversation with each of those characters, talking about like the trying to use like some of the dialogue from the book, but not really understanding how to make it efficient, like. It was it was like, hey, they remember that that movies are a visual medium, and that they can tell us stuff without having to to explicitly explain it to us, or just forget about it entirely. Yeah, <laughs> they did that before. I am curious. I don't know. I need to check on this. I saw that Melissa Rosenberg was the. She wrote them all. Yeah, wrote them. Was she the only screenwriter on these? As far as I can tell, based on just looking okay. at, at Rotten Tomatoes for every every episode, which is interesting because she was the uh, showrunner, I believe, or at least one of the producers for Jessica Jones. Um, just a just a tidbit. Clearly, she is able to make good TV. Um, and in general, it does make me wonder. Um, kind of, we've discussed before the fact that the the first movie was like we were saying a second ago, directed by someone who does seem to have a, a style, even if it's a little cheesy um, and is, you know, clearly low budget and that sort of thing. Uh, they did have an idea of what they wanted to do. And it, it, it makes me, and then they kind of switched out for seemingly sort Catherine of... Catherine Hardwick knew how to handle the budget she had. Yes, and it seems like... And, and make it fairly effective. It seems like the next couple of guys were kind of uh, hack hack job directors. Not, not to say anything too disparaging studio about maybe, maybe they maybe they have done other stuff that I would love if I saw but just you, my hey, read of it hey you want to do something just to add on your resume that way you can get something that you'll actually want to do yeah something that's, next that's pretty movie. much guaranteed to make money um, they turn them out within like a I mean obviously a five year span um, and so it makes me wonder if there is a degree of like hey you can't actually do don't 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 put much thought into the script because uh we're, we're not really gonna care we're just gonna kind of move this along hit the scenes get out of here 
collect the paycheck. Um, because this 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 script really does, ha- and I don't know how much of it is the script. I don't know how much of it might be the director who ha- having some ideas. Uh, but it definitely seems like he's trying to breathe new life into this thing. Um, so I was impressed. What's your worst thing? Um, that's a good question. And don't say you don't have one because this movie's not good. <laughs> it's it, like I said, it 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 reaches mediocrity. Sure. So that's a breath of fresh air. But let's 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 not kid ourselves. This movie is not particularly good. Well, so I should I should um, underline the fact that my current feeling about this movie is that this is what I was really hoping for when we started this. I was hoping they'd all be like this, where it's uh, sort of stupid and insane. And, and and like the flaws are very easy to point out, but there's there's some heart to it and kind of a, a fever dream. Um, yeah, and <laughs> that's a good way of describing. But it. But at the same time, like it, it's like a two part fever dream. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I mean, and and in that context, it's kind. Of, I mean, it's definitely not the greatest movie ever made. Uh, but in that context, it's it's hard for me to like say anything glaring that I'm like with what I was expecting and what I was given. I'm not like particularly disappointed with anything. Um, yeah, I I think my worst thing is is probably the acting overall. Um, I can agree with that. I I think I think Taylor Lautner in particular. I was noticing because a lot of the heavy dramatic stuff this time around is yes. is kind of firmly on his shoulders, especially because. Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson are just kind of off to the side for a good chunk yes. of the movie, and a lot of it is about Jacob. Taylor Lautner's not a good actor. Yeah. Um, at least at least with this material, I don't know. Not great. Yeah, and I mean I definitely I have a hard time taking him seriously. I definitely don't like I he he seems like somebody like when he's he's like trying to give like an emotional performance, I feel like he's constantly on the verge of breaking down into laughter. Yeah, I can see that. There were, I think, he had a couple, of, a couple of lines that I was like, "Hey, you're you're trying, aren't you?" That was pretty good. That was fine. Um, but he's he's got like one mode, and that's just I'm dark and angsty. Yeah. And also, he was probably like 19 or something. I don't know. Wasn't old. Has yeah. kind of a high voice. <laughs> so Holland's a young man. No, no, no. I'm not saying that that excuses his acting. I'm saying that that it, he's trying to pull off dark and angsty when he's also like clearly not a mature man grown man like right yeah um yeah and i i think both kristen stewart and robert pattinson are not up to where they were in the first movie um it's hard for me to judge robert pattinson because i i he does i say that he i did not could not stand Edward very much in the first one. So just like sure. this, like I said, the fact that they've kind of normalized everything, they've removed a lot of the weird quirkiness right. from that first movie somehow elevates him and then diminishes Kristen Stewart. Yeah, I don't know how that happened, but it somehow happened. He does have actual like emotion in this movie, which is nice. There, he he gets some some stuff that's like, oh hey, I'm actually like because well, we actually get a conflict that's actually interesting, and I I want to know the perspectives of all the characters. Yeah. It's not just. Oh, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's got an army of vampires. Let's go fight them for five minutes. <laughs> Bunch of crap. Yeah. Um, but all things considered, no, no one in this movie is giving just an incredible performance. Like, no. 
And to be fair, th- this movie and this franchise really aren't calling on them to give no, the best performances. No, by, but by no it, means. I, I do agree with you. Yeah. I just I think that's the weakest. Yeah. Which is um, sort of also what I was hoping for, so. Yeah. <laughs> Who's to say? Uh, my best thing is going to be that this plot is very focused and I can tell you what's going on. Yeah. And no point was I scratching my head going, wait, what? Why did that? Why did they do that? I At all times, I understood what was happening. Once again, mediocrity is a breath of fresh air. Yeah. That's my quote on the poster for this one, folks. Yeah. Um, this movie is very neatly split into two parts. The first part is the wedding and the honeymoon, and the second part is Bella having to give birth and everyone wondering if she's going to die or not. Yep. Like it's, it's, it's very nice and efficient, and the simplicity is key here. <laughs> now, on that note, I'm curious if, if you would have or if you kind of kind of picked up on this um what's interesting that they they haven't done so basically the the previous three books they're all from bella's perspective uh the epilogue of eclipse is from jacob's perspective they don't address that at all in the movie eclipse that's not touched on um but the uh this book the first quarter of it is from bella's perspective it's up to the honeymoon um, basically everything in this movie up to where they, they kind of get on the plane and leave. And then the next quarter, and from what I can tell, only the next quarter and then everything goes back to Bella, is from Jacob's perspective. So if, if that kind of that makes clicks a little bit as to why they, they shift a little. Um, that makes sense. I'm not sure about the creative choice to do that in terms of just making the narrative a little bit jarring. Um I am really actually enjoying reading that because it's really interesting because uh, A, there's the stuff with like the wolves, the wolves can read each other's minds. So it's like the author, uh, she's, she's both writing from Jacob's thoughts, but then people are responding to his thoughts like Edward and and the wolves both can respond. So there's, there's some neat stuff with that. Um, But just in terms of like, it kind of feels like it's just we're doing this for the sake of doing it. Um, be, especially because of the fact that the, the rest of the movie or the rest of the book as far as I can tell maybe maybe I'm missing something goes back to Bella it seems like the rest of the next movie is going to be Bella right but no that makes sense based on the movie yeah um but either way I don't know if that if that colors it at all if you you feel like that was a, a weird choice that they should have tried to kind of like shift out of that yes because my worst thing mm-hmm. is pretty much all of the drama with Jacob and, and his werewolf well, there you family go. yeah um chilling with Bella while she's like starving to death is far more interesting than Jacob dealing with his yeah. family that we barely know um, that scene where they're speaking telepathically and, and it's just a bunch of CGI wolves and <laughs> the special effects aren't great it's it's laughable uh, Taylor Lautner cannot do ADR to save his life and make it sound convincing uh, sure. like when, when he's, he's, he's having to stand up and he's like no I'm going to, to stand on my own I'm not going to let anyone rule me like, yeah, like a little five-year-old trying to stand up for himself. It's great. Puppy. Little, puppy. little puppy. Um, did we mention Bella pets him in the last episode? That was weird. I don't know. It's a good question. Speaking of most those, of the stuff with Jacob does not work in these movies. Yeah. Um, 
And I was going to say, too, that uh, if that that being said, if you cut out the Jacob stuff, if you just have it be Bella's perspective, there ain't enough for a whole movie here. Um, you, you'd probably... I disagree. I think you can make it 90 minutes. This movie's about two hours, and it's too long. Well, that's um, what I was going to say. As much as I was enjoying it, uh, this movie's too long. No, I was going to say, the, the studio's... Um, Clearly, A, they wanted to make money off of having this split into two parts, and B, they want to make money off of people feeling like this is an epic and 90 movies, 90 minute movies aren't going to cut it for their bottom lines. Uh, I don't for feel that. like people consider a two hour movie an epic, though. I'm saying that I'm saying in terms of the multiple chunks of this, whereas if it was just a quick 90 minute thing, I feel like people would not. I'm not even saying that necessarily is what the audience would react to. I'm saying that the studio is thinking this way of like, we need to make this like the Harry Potter movies where every movie is big and long and complex. Um, and so I, I don't think a 90-minute movie would have would have flown. And I think they probably would have had to stretch it a bit if they did, if they did a 90-minute movie as well. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I feel like there, there's a lot of stuff you can cut out. Like, yeah. Jacob's friend whatever his name is and then the girl they all show up and they try to have drama and I'm like I don't know who you are I have no reason to care about you this is the fourth movie in this franchise I don't even know your names (laughs) get out like cutting room floor I was trying to look something up and I started looking up Breaking Bad and I'm like that's not the name of this movie let's watch Breaking Bad let's Let's do that instead let's do it Let's We'll, we'll, we'll binge the whole thing it'll be great I just looked. I looked up. The, I was trying to find the runtime for Breaking Dawn Part Two, and the the Google search cut off. Uh, so so that it just I just saw fifty five minutes, and I was like, wait, what? That makes sense. Um, no, it is an hour and fifty five minutes. I feel like you could cut out the Jacob stuff, cut out some other stuff, get this, strip this down to sixty. Slap them together. <laughs> they just make the other movie. Just have it be one movie. Yeah, and then make make a big three, and then you get your epic of like, oh, it's the final chapter. It's too. It's so big. Three. Yeah. You know. I think that's almost how you counter program the. Uh, and I'm sure they probably made enough money that they are perfectly happy with the decisions they made. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But I think. You... Well, I don't want. I don't want to be too harsh because I lobbed the criticism at both New Moon and Eclipse that they should be merged into one movie right. in of themselves. Right. I think for the most part, this movie justifies itself yes. as as a single film and doesn't need extra stuff I think as a, as a movie that that works on its own and it's just bizarre because theoretically like with the wedding and all the characters that come back theoretically it's supposed to be oh these relationships that have built up over the past three movies isn't it great everything's coming together it's so emotional the movie is is made in such a way where you can almost just completely ignore the previous movies and it works better for it mm-hmm. No, I think I think if you if we forget all the completely reprehensible actions that Jacob has taken in the previous movies, I like him a lot better in this one. I I legitimately think you could just skip, and I'm sure there's some plot points that they reference in this movie that I'd be forgetting. I legitimately think that you could s- skip from the first movie to this movie, um, and then heck, do we even need the third movie? Like just thinking. St- plot points that are necessary to tell what's going on. The second movie, it ends on the cliffhanger of, will you marry me, Bella? And then the fourth movie is, they're getting married. Like, it's almost yeah. it's off, off screen, we get her answer. 
Like, do we even need the third You're movie? You're not wrong. Is there anything continuity breaking about that if we just strip a we clip still, out of this whole we still leave. Oh my gosh, we still leave the new moon, uh, Jacob storming off after he gets in the fight with Edward. And so we exactly. just jump right to, oh, he's got the wedding invite. He's angry about this. He's leaving. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't think Eclipse, I don't think it's necessary. <laughs> I could be wrong. Maybe I'm missing something. I'm going to have to think. That's, that's a fascinating idea. I bet it, I think and it would obviously work. we didn't like New Moon, but if we didn't have Eclipse, that one would be a lot more bearable. Yeah, that's funny. I I think that legitimately would be like a more interesting like watch. Also, they're not numbered, so you know you never even know if you just owned the <laughs> own piece for instead. The only ones that are numbered <laughs> are the, are are the last two. Parts so, like, if you just were like, "Oh yeah, here's my here's the four Twilight movies. I I, I own the set." Yeah. You, know, you, you just scratch out Breaking Dawn Part One and you write Eclipse. Yeah. And then yeah, for Breaking Dawn Part Two, you scratch out the two and write one. <laughs> or you know, you, you, just, uh, you scratch yeah, you out break, our Part Two. Yeah, yeah. No, you you write you write you scratch out the two and you write one, and then you go, "Oh my gosh!" You know what I just realized. Just, just I thought completely. you were going to say you just put in like Harry Potter and the Order of well, the Phoenix. Well, that's exactly where I was going. It Breaking Dawn Part That's exactly two. where I was going with that. And I was going to say uh, you put in Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. And I just realized, <laughs> without planning on it, we are definitely transitioning from this series to Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Oh, yeah. Uh, may God have mercy <laughs> on our souls. Just, see, look, going back to this franchise, uh, right at the height of Pottermania to see the, the zombie of the Potter brand... <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect oh my gosh that's amazing it's, it's delightful you know, you know we, what's neither Stephanie Meyer she wrote her books and then she stopped <laughs> messing around you're not wrong she left well enough alone I respect the hell out of Stephanie no, I'm, Meyer I genuinely like I need a t-shirt that says that I, I genuinely like don't think these books are bad like they're uh, they're not going to be my favorite books by any stretch but I, I think this is a good interesting kind of different perspective that you don't get in a lot like a different kind of voice that you don't get in a lot of at least in a lot of books that like I would normally read or that like would normally di be directed at me as the target audience I'm not going right. to get you know books written first person from the perspective of a teenage girl as as supernatural creatures fight over her love like that's that's it's a weird it's a weird thing but it's kind of interesting and it's kind of interesting to be in that headspace i don't know yeah um i don't i don't hate them i really don't so when i talk about the reasons i enjoyed this movie i think the humor really is the key yes. and that really helps sell a lot of it because it made me realize oh hey these are human like even the vampire characters mm -hmm. like they're humans mm -hmm. Like, they, they have emotions. They feel things. They're not just, Bella, we have to fight over you. The Volturi are coming. We're all going to die, but I love you. Yeah. Let's get married. But no. Ah. Like, it's all the same stuff for the past couple of movies. And then this one is just like, no, let's let's have a little fun with this. Let's let's embrace sort of the, the absurdity of the, the situation. Like, the bit at the wedding. The wedding was genuinely, like, mm -hmm. it, it was... It was fun yeah like i said they, they I, like, do the... I, I, I enjoyed watching bella and edward's wedding <laughs> i didn't see that coming that's what you need a t-shirt of <laughs> yeah and she's got robert pattinson's face plastered on the back 
Sparkling. Sparkling yes. armor pants. It's like, it's like an awkward thing where it's like it's right as he's blinking or something. <laughs> like it catches him in a bad moment. His eyes are like half closed. It's like when he's yawning, his jaw's like off to the side. I'm okay with this. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was kind of touching when they're getting married and then they start kissing and it, it, it circles around them and it's like, oh, nobody else is there because mm-hmm. no, no, mm-hmm. nothing else matters except the two of them. And I'm like, all right, you put some thought into it. I appreciate that. Yeah. I dig it. <laughs> no, I'm, I was on board. Um, and like I said earlier, they, they call back to the song for, that, there was, that was playing at the dance uh, that when they in the first movie. Again, right. I think you can just cut out at least the third movie, if not the second movie as well, and it would be more of... I think it would genuinely... The more you could cut out of those middle two, the more effective it would make the first and this one, because then like it would feel like actual callbacks. Yeah. Like, I, I think that... Yeah. Well, it's because the, the second and third movies do such a terrible job of building up the mythology and connecting all the dots together, mm-hmm. so that like when you get to callbacks like this, like they're not... Like, honestly, I did not realize that was the same song yeah. until yeah. you brought it up. Yeah. So that's a, that's a nice touch. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple other things get, like that. But, My, a really good one, completely... Neither of these are in the books. Both both kind of gags are in um, the uh, the movies. Uh, in the first... In, in Twilight, they when um, Bella first goes to the Cullens, she sees that they have a big wall of graduation caps of all the times that they've graduated. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and so it's like, oh, so they, they keep it. It's like, a, and they, I think Edward says it's like, it's a running joke between them all. And then yeah, Charlie. And then, and then Bella's parents. Yeah, they, look at or yeah, yeah. Both yeah. Bella's parents see it in this movie. And uh, Charlie, Charlie's like, are those graduation caps? And, and Renee's like, oh, that's so creative. Oh my gosh. And she laughs. She laughs, which is a thing that happens in this movie, uh, which is a, a nice, uh, a nice surprise. People laughing. Um, Bella and Edward smile and laugh. I had no idea where they've <laughs> been for the past couple of movies. Uh, but yeah, then then Charlie sees the wall and he's like, "Yeah," or, or it's creepy. And then like, I, I feel like there were life little... model decoys of Bella and Edward that were present for the past couple yes. of movies, and we they just didn't divulge that information to the audience. Yes. That's why everyone was sad. It feels like the last two movies were were Bella in the first and this movie having a nightmare about the last two movies. <laughs> yes, yeah, I can agree with that. But but like the bit where um you know they're, they're trying to get Bella ready for the wedding and and the the two sisters are like mm-hmm. doing her hair and her makeup and then Charlie walks in and he you could tell he's just like so proud of her yeah. and I'm like oh I feel things I didn't see that coming. <laughs> It helps I'm like, that oh, he... the mom's even here, and I don't hate her like I did the other ones. This is fine. It helps that Charlie it, might be Is it weird that the... they never show the stepdad? Like, he's never... Yeah. Don't worry not, about it. Not a problem, just something look, weird. Look, the vampires took care of him. It's fine. <laughs> they took care of him, yeah. Uh, it, is, it, is, it does help that Charlie is probably the best actor in any of these, of any of these characters. <laughs> Except for Anna Kendrick. It's, it's him and Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Like, the two of them should, like, go off and have their own, like, buddy cop spinoff <laughs> series. Except one's, like, a, a, Charlie is a fairy, and Anna Kendrick is a is an ogre. Is that... Can we can we do that? We spin it on... I subverted your expectations, didn't I? Hey, no. 
whatever. But like the bit where um after the the wedding ceremony, they're they're all giving toasts and they're all clearly drunk. Mm-hmm. And Anna Kendrick's jealous of Bella. <laughs> all of that's that delightful. All of and that all, and is like, from everybody's giving their own awkward uh, uh, toasts, and and Charlie's like, you know. I've I, I've always told Bella I would chase her to the ends of the earth. You know I'm a cop with a gun. Yeah. All of that is <laughs> yeah. all of that is just in the movie. Like that all those all that toast stuff. They they came up with that. Just it had to be the director, right? It I, has. To I be guess the director. so. I don't know. I I don't. None know. of this is none of this is present in the other well, movies. I don't know how much of it is the director, and I'm sure that's part of it. But I also wonder if it was like, hey. Don't you want to like be proud of these movies? Like him, him saying that to the screenwriter who probably was just told to to just slap something out because they don't actually care about the quality of it. And he was like, "Hey, I kind of care about the quality of this. Want to want to help me out?" Like yeah. I I'm, I don't know how much of it was that, but um, yeah, I, I think that's there. There's several moments like that that are really nice um, and kind of and even that. You know, as much as I hated Jacob in the last couple of movies, that scene where he walks out of the woods to talk to Bella uh-huh. was actually kind of touching, and they start dancing, and he's genuinely freaked out mm-hmm. when, when you know, she hints at, oh, hey, Edward and I, we're going on our honeymoon, we're going to have sex. Mm-hmm. And he's like... and. I was worried because at first I was going to be like, oh, he's just like, no, you should be with me, Bella, blah, 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 blah. Right. But he's he's genuinely concerned for her safety. Yeah. He doesn't think yeah. she will survive. Yeah. And... I think this kind of reaches the murky territory that kind of confused me. This is like the one area where I was confused by, where I'm like, I don't know if the, all the characters are morons or not. Mm-hmm. So I get that when a vampire gets physical, it gets very violent. Yes. And, and they show that with wonderful comedic mm-hmm. effect with mm-hmm. all the, you know, the bed starts breaking and like all the stuff's thrown around when Bella wakes up. Yep. Like that was yep. funny. Um, And they even play that into the movie where he, he stops having sex with her because she like she's bruised yeah. and he's like no I'm not gonna hurt you anymore yeah. I don't care I don't care if you consent to this we're not doing mm-hmm. it and I'm like okay this, we're coming at 50 this shades from eat your heart out suck it <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but uh, where was I getting at with that um, but uh, regarding getting a human pregnant from mm-hmm. a vampire I know like Carlisle's talking about it later on and he's like we had no idea how this would work yes but me i'm just like well i don't know i, I don't want to question the the how 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 sex works with vampires too much <laughs> basically they don't have blood so i don't know Th- things get very confusing if you think about it for longer than like five seconds sure, um sure. But basically, I was just like, did they not even, like, consider contraception or anything? And I don't want to get, like, too into the weeds here. But just, Yeah, this is a, a vampire sex podcast now. They they seem surprised at, at, like, the consequences, like, this thing that's never happened before, like a vampire having yes. sex with a human. They seem surprised that something weird happens. I'm like, yeah. are we... Why are we this surprised? <laughs> and I... <laughs> like... Yeah. I don't know. No, you're not wrong. Uh, I, I was I, like I said I wasn't sure if I was supposed to take that as like they're all idiots or like they have been in the past couple movies or well so or if maybe I'm missing something I mean the I I think the general idea and I don't know how well I mean they they touch on it I don't think they kind of fully dive into it there's an actual conversation um in the book that Carlisle has with Jacob about the fact that like they are not genetic he didn't think they should be genetically compatible and that's why he didn't even think to be like hey 
make sure to use protection. <laughs> like, okay. Like he, well, that, all right. If they had had that in there, that would have been something. Yeah. I, I needed something. Yeah. I think in the movie, they're just like, yeah, we didn't really think about that. Huh? Which I mean, to be fair, I don't, <laughs> see, I, I don't know how much of this is supposed to be like an actual allegory for like teen pregnancy or not. And yeah. how, I, I mean, I'm not going to get political with like abortion or <laughs> yeah, you know, poor yeah. choice or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm not going to get in, into the weeds about that. But I, I found it interesting that this movie was able to kind of put itself in that kind of space without feeling overly preachy one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just felt like, hey, we're using elements from real life yeah. as part of our story, but it's just all these weird fantasy elements. Like, I, I don't know. It, it somehow was able to balance all that well and still maintain dramatic tension yeah yeah i agree i'm saying this about a twilight movie (laughs) that's not how this is supposed to work um but then they go on their honeymoon they're like traveling across the country and whatever and then Mm -hmm. they go to like somewhere in south america i couldn't quite remember i think say rio de janeiro yeah, they, they do a little bit of exploring. That was kind of fun. I like, like a little international travel that's not just, oh, we're in Italy for ten minutes, then we're back <laughs> on a soundstage. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it felt like, in terms of, like, wish fulfillment fantasy, theoretically, for, mm-hmm. like, the teenage girls in the audience, this was the first time where, other than just the initial, she's in love with a vampire, isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. It's about the first time where, like, the, the fantasy, like, this is the life I want to lead aspects started to come yeah. in. Yeah, And I was I was willing to go along with it. Kind of, kind of like with James Bond movies, uh, funnily enough. Kind of how they use that as an opportunity to just, like, travel the world mm-hmm. and show you all these exotic places. It felt very much in that vein. Where I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of a wish fulfillment scenario. But it doesn't... It doesn't feel pandering. Right. It should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The scene where she's prepping for sex is is hilarious. Mm-hmm. They they got the, they got the funny little music playing, and she's 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 she plays it very realistic realistically where she's trying to calm herself down. She's having to prepare. She wants to make herself as pretty as possible. Um, I don't know that things like that, little touches like that in this this stupid fantasy soap opera help to ground it and make it feel real. And no, I'm saying this about Twilight. <laughs> um, going back to it, I, I want to really quickly touch on something that they that the movie kind of did an inflection on. Um, there's the dream sequence that she has, the really horrifying dream sequence where she's she's walking down the aisle and then like she realizes that, that was great. Her that was yeah. genuinely great. Her and Edward are covered in blood, and there's piles of bodies. That was like, all all her friends are are covered in blood, and that dead. was like an A plus moment. Yes. I had. I'm talking about a Twilight movie. <laughs> um, in the in the book, that dream is just she has a dream where she sees all the dead bodies, and the Volturi are there, instead of like. This turns it into more of a like, oh, she, you know, we're trying to call the question the fact that she is, you know, about going to turn herself into a vampire and like she could go crazy yeah. and like that's a that's a conflict she has. Like they 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 put a spin on that that's really nice and really horrifying. This movie is right. brutal. <laughs> this movie is not oh, yeah. is not oh, fun to watch at times. This movie's violent and bloody, and I loved it. Yeah, and and we're not just Once talking again, about werewolves attacking each other. Injecting more humor into it makes it more realistic. And somehow it helps to balance out how grotesque this movie gets. Yeah. 
somehow the tone is never a problem in this movie, which is, it's just bizarre. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it, as much as I as, as we tolerated the first one, at least, I mean, we pointed out like tone was kind of an issue at, at certain yeah. points. Yeah. This one, it felt like once again, it's like the director had a very clear vision of how to tell the story. Mm-hmm. So Bella gets pregnant, mm-hmm. and uh, they realize, oh, hey, it's a horrible vampire baby. What do we do? Edward's freakout scene where he's just like in shock and. And Bella's answering the phone, and she's talking to Carlisle, and she's like, I don't know, do vampires go into shock? Yep. <laughs> a funny moment. Um, and then the whole bit with the, the lady that the house, you know, the landlady mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. the maid, she comes in, and she's she's chastising Edward, and she's like, you're, you're a devil. What have you done to this girl? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they're trying to, to go into, like, I, I have a feeling that this isn't the first time he's heard this from her, because he pretty much says says as much and i'm like oh this helps to build in his his backstory about thinking he's damned and doesn't have a soul i'm like oh so people actually treat him like he doesn't Mm -hmm. have a soul it's Mm -hmm. not just oh he lives with the cullens and he actually has a pretty solid life (laughs) probably right you know what i mean like like there's extra there's extra meat here yeah People act like real people. I, all, I'm saying this about a Twilight movie. All of the effects of Bella getting pregnant are just horrifying. Where they like, yes, they have her like she immediately has like a, a bulge in her stomach after like a week, yeah. and then like, well, just like she, she, she's like actually feels like the the, the baby like kicking yes. or moving around, and I'm like, oh, this is like Prometheus. Yes, and and like all the. <laughs> the effects with with like the baby like the, she looks bruised because like it's yeah. it's a, yeah it's a, I don't want to go into too much detail but it's a it's right. not pretty well 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 obviously then they they head back home um after living the life of luxury and then it ends in 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 horror yep, um, yep. but uh, I like how it takes a little bit of a break. It, go, it transitions back to Jacob. Mm-hmm. That way we get the reveal of what's happened to Bella. Right. And we're like, oh, she's like on her deathbed and she's yep. she's pregnant. Oh my God, what's happening? Um, that scene where we see her like t- undress and it just shows mm-hmm. like how gaunt she's mm-hmm. become. And she, it's like, you freaky. see every part of her spine. It's, oh, uh-huh. freaks me out. Yeah. I was like, oh, Christian Bale up in here. Mm-hmm. It's going hardcore for the role. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, the effects on her face, like... I don't know how they did that. Like, it's very convincing. If it's CGI, like, it's very convincing. Mm-hmm. At no point was I questioning, like, the effects on, on, on her disfigurement. Right. Weird. Yeah. Um, I do like how they actually have to think about it tactically, about how they're going to try and save her. Mm-hmm. If they're if they're even gonna give it a shot, it's just like, do we just try and rip it out? We don't even know if it's a baby or not. Like we don't know what it is, and yeah. we can't, and nobody can like pierce whatever bubble it's in. Like they can't see what it looks like or how it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're, they're like, oh, do, do we try turning her into a vampire? But if we turn her, then the, the baby will die. I guess we'll have to try and turn her right as we're mm-hmm. delivering mm-hmm. the baby. Like, like they're having to think about it. I'm like, 
they're putting logic and thought into it. Like, there's an actual... They're discussing strategy for giving birth to a vampire baby. This is awesome! (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this is the first time in any of these, these, these terrible Twilight movies where I actually felt tension in what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, Bella's gonna survive because, you know, there's a Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part (laughs) 2. Um... But I, I I was actually, like, very drawn in by the drama. And they didn't need, like, the stupid Volturi or Bryce Dallas Howard having a vampire army so we could have a terrible action sequence. Like, we didn't need any of that. It's just, like, Bella's pregnant. It's The it's baby pretty, is killing her. What's going to happen? The entire movie is pretty, like, quiet in terms in of... In fact, I kept wanting them to not do the Jacob Werewolf stuff, even though that was clearly them going, we need action schlock in yeah. this. We need something. But even like, with you that, need, there's... You don't need that. There's not a ton. There's real... Like, there, uh, as far as, like, you know, action whatever happening, like, there's, there's really yeah. not a lot. Like... Right. It's... it's Yeah. I don't know. I also... Just the whole bit... Them realizing that they need to give her blood. Uh-huh. And they uh-huh. just have her sipping uh-huh. on it from a, a straw. I was like, this is so weird. And it's great. This movie is metal. <laughs> yeah. This movie is hardcore. <laughs> That's your quote on the poster. <laughs> Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2. This movie is metal. Like, it's just like, oh, she's she's drinking blood and she's loving it. That's, yeah, no, no, okay. that's the best part. She starts sipping on it from like, like, like a like, cup you get from like Chick Fil A or something, and she's like, "It's good," and she's got like blood all over <laughs> her teeth and stuff. I'm like, "This is awesome!" Like the the it would have been less like sort of horrifying if it was just a cup. If she was just drinking it out of a yeah. cup, but like because she's drinking it through this straw, it's like, yeah. oh god, yeah. You're making me deal with the consequences of her actions. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked... Mostly because the, the other movies... I mean, the first one does it to a certain degree, but... Vampires and werewolves are inherently a con- concepts that come from the horror genre. Mm-hmm. This is the first one that I feel like really is trying to embrace the fact that it's horror. Yeah. And I mean... To be fair, you have, like, the opening sequence of Eclipse where the, the evil vampire guy gets turned and that's supposed to be, like, a horror sequence, even though I guess. it's not scary in the slightest. And it's it felt like the opening to, like, an episode of Arrow. Yeah. Or, you yeah. know, something like that. Very CW. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like, oh, this is metal. Yeah, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's genuinely, like, upsetting. <laughs> yes. Um, and it kind of gets under your skin in a way that... I mean, a lot of movies don't. And just, just because... thinking about where Bella started off at, and she's like, just she's been driven to this point, and she's in this situation that she can't control. And I'm like, I feel sorry for her. Yeah. yeah. I genuinely felt emotions about our main character, which I haven't done in like a movie and a half. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um. Go, so going into the, the Jacob werewolf stuff, I didn't really care for all that stuff that much. Um, 
And I think this is the one place more where I blame the previous movies. Because they if they had really sold me on his family and their relationships and sort of the dichotomy of the werewolves and having to follow the leader of the pack and all, all of that right. mythology, right. if they had really cemented that and made me care about that, then... You know that would have strengthened this stuff. Obviously, right. I feel like this is this is the one area where it, it expects you to actually care about stuff that happened before, sure. instead of just you can easily cast the rest of of the the movies before this aside. Yeah, yeah. Although I don't know that watching them would would make you any more enriched uh, in in that plotline in this movie. I feel like it might be better to just take this plotline as it is in this movie and be like, hey werewolves okay that's cool well it's just kind of strange because you know the last one it's like oh the werewolves and the Collins they kind of become buddies and then this one it's just like nope <laughs> not even a conversation nope yep swerve Which I do like uh, you, you know me I've, I've, I've discussed this before that uh, the the warring factions is always something I'm a big fan of in um, movies right. is, is when you've got these different third parties who are complicating things and so it's pretty neat to see like the interaction of like oh the werewolves hate the the Colons and at first and then they come to uh, and this is more even really the book maybe not so much the movies uh, or the books um, but then the werewolves come kind of full circle and they're like okay we we're fighting alongside you because we're, we're we got a common enemy and then they turn on them again because it's like oh now we've now we're scared of you again and we're we're turning on you in fear like that's that's right. an interesting it's 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 neat to see them play with these different parties. Um, these different kind of mythological factions uh, to have them, them fight each other and everything. I, I like that. I, I do like the general concept of the fact that they turn on them in this movie. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, there's they don't do a ton with it, but there's there's some stuff where Jacob has to help them help Carlisle and, and Esme and Emmett get some more blood, get, do some hunting. That was weird. And it, I didn't know what to think of yeah, that. And it was, or, or it was, he like... He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna distract as many of them as I can. So he goes and calls them out to like try and he fakes a truce. Yeah, but then like, I guess that left so few werewolves left that the other vampires were able to get through. But it was also like, how are they gonna get back? I don't know what the thought process is there. Well, well it, this is another thing where, where I, I thought about this like with the first movie, where it's like they have to go out and hunt for animals, and mm-hmm. I'm like. Couldn't they just, like, have a farm? Why can't they just go to, like, farmland and get a bunch of cows and just, like, raise them and kill some of them? Like, yeah. I don't know. It, I it mean, I mean, just raise, not a raise them the same way that, that farmers raise cows. You're probably good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or just, like chickens or, you know, something. Yeah. I don't know. Seemed odd. C- couldn't you just get, like, a, a bloody steak? Like, a... Like, let's just go to the grocery store and just get some, some steaks and just, like, it's just probably, cut them open. Probably a more efficient blood. way to do it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, then it's weird because, like, Carlisle's able to, like, he has a bunch of samples of blood because he's a doctor and that's what they've been feeding Bella. And I'm mean, like, dude, you would have... Why didn't you stockpile that over the years? I thought you were, like, smart. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, well I guess once again, because I... This, is, this isn't a deal breaker. This is more just if you start to break down, it's like dominoes. My, starts my to, assumption with that you know, is whatever. the idea is that he's like a he's sneaking it from the hospital or somehow, which yeah. I would assume he has to be careful with. I don't know. But yeah, it's... it's Logistically, it could be deeper. 
Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where I feel like you should at least lampshade it, where somebody asks the question and then they have a, like mm-hmm. a witty mm-hmm. response, even though maybe they don't exactly answer the question. Right. And maybe maybe it's something like, oh, what, couldn't you guys just farm? Like, why don't you just like you know keep animals and just harvest some of them? And they're just like, but, but we like to hunt. That's part of the, you know, that's that's all we got. Like we're vampires. Yeah. We don't we don't got much else. <laughs> I mean, except this very nice house and uh, this sports very nice cars house. <laughs> and sports cars and uh, private islands. And did we mention we're the X Men? But in, <laughs> you know, we don't got the bald guy in the wheelchair, but we're X Men. We're too good for bald men or wheelchairs. <laughs> Um, Bella's birth scene is one of the greatest scenes I've ever seen put to film. <laughs> that was terrifying. That was, it was ten times better than the C-section scene in Prometheus, mm-hmm. and that scene showed everything. Mm-hmm. Somehow this scene ended up being better. Yep. Tyler, explain. Break it down for the, for the folks at home. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just drop one line, and that's, I think that's all I have to say on this. Edward uses his teeth. <laughs> well, just it, it's. I think it's because there are other people in the room. It's not just her giving birth by herself, which is the setup in Prometheus. Mm-hmm. And I'm just setting that up because that movie's also grotesque and features a similar scene of a woman giving birth to what is seemingly a horrifying creature. Right. Um. But but just like Jacob's freaking out, he has no idea what to do. You got whichever sister Rosalie. hated them, but Rosalie, she's like, I don't, I'm, I'm starting to freak out. There's human blood everywhere. Like, yeah, yeah. The, send the, me away. The bit where she she cuts uh, Bella open and then immediately sees blood on the knife, and I think it's Jacob yeah. has to like tackle her out of the way. Yeah, like that was that was great. I was like, Once oh again, god! They build in the logic and then they actually execute it in a way that is dramatically interesting mm-hmm. and raises the tension. Mm-hmm. It's not, Bella got a finger cut, let me shove her against the wall so she can bleed more. <laughs> Remember that scene? That scene happened. It happens, okay. And it was hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they don't they don't show it too much. It's mostly either, like, shot above her, mm-hmm. so it's like from her point of view, Bella's point of view, is she's kind of watching what's happening, and she's kind of fading in and out, because, hey, giving birth is hard. Um, I don't even want to imagine what it's like if it's, like, this weird <laughs> vampire baby. Sure. But it's, like, that's the one bit of acting where she sells, like, the, the pain mm-hmm. and suffering mm-hmm. that she's going through. Like, that scene, I think, is the best acted of, of yeah. the whole movie. Yeah. Um, at least from, from her and, and or Robert Pattinson. Um, and then, yeah, Edward has to do something with his teeth to help get the baby out. Which is left completely to our imagination and is potentially even worse because of it. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> it's like, uh, what, uh... How were they able to get away with this much blood in a PG-13 movie? Like, you always hear all these producers and stuff talking about how little blood they can get away with in a PG-13, and they purposely remove blood. Like, X-Men Origins Wolverine has no blood because they wanted to get a PG-13 movie. I don't know how that it's... movie has no blood, and then this movie has, like, all the blood. <laughs> it's gotta be something... I mean, a. I guess maybe if you're doing a vampire movie, you can get away with more because you're you're gonna have to. I don't know, but it's got to be something about how like surgical it is as well. Like that, 
how often it's played like that and and so maybe that's what the idea is that they're like well it's not violent so it's probably fine <laughs> um yeah i don't, I don't really know. know it's bizarre and the mpaa is a corrupt uh, uh group of people anyway so whatever like the uh, volturi like the volturi they're the volturi of of movie grading okay yeah. there's not there's not that many mo- there's no like there's no like coven of movie graders floating around in in the northwest united states who are like we don't actually grade movies because we only grade video games uh because our powers are too dangerous so i mean there's that correct (laughs) (laughs) movie rating standards are very bizarre i'll just leave it at that but yeah um bella has several uh blood blood infused visions um yeah i think she has like a montage oh vision. she's free she's freaking out there, there's this movie is metal the the part i was i was yeah, okay <laughs> this is a weird tangent you remember that scene in beavis and butthead do america where beavis gets high in the desert after eating a cactus and then he sees like a heavy metal music video sure. <laughs> it kind of felt like that <laughs> Well, the bit, too, where... I think it's after she's actually given birth, but the bit where uh, she's lying perfectly still and Edward's, like, trying to revive her, and then it, it keeps flashing to her just, like, losing her mind, like, and screaming, yeah. but, like, in in little snippets, and it's like, uh... And the I guess the idea is, like, oh, Internally, well, she's, she's still alive. Yeah. It's, it's all in yeah. her mind. Yeah. She can't, like, physically emote Again, right now, but this is all in her head. This movie understands that it can convey things through symbols and general symbolism as opposed to, like, I don't know, having someone explain everything to us. Like, the movie the movie like, has a general Carlisle grasp of the meaning. In, you know, sometimes when humans have vampire <laughs> babies, sometimes they're, they're freaking the freak out in their minds after they've delivered the baby that was a good catch i'm proud of you (laughs) (laughs) i caught it we're good oh yeah yeah. we try it we try sometimes here and here come the sequels but yeah like uh, not always but sometimes and and all the stuff with like her her blood freezing over like uh, the the effect's not great but it's like the the cgi um shot of of her blood and heart like freezing over um and during all of this she looks horrible <laughs> like yeah. they they continue to have like, the they effects don't pretty her up and i really appreciated that mm-hmm. i'm like once again that that helps feed the realness of mm-hmm. this yeah it helps make it more make it more brutal that we're like sitting there and we're like oh god and like and edward's trying to perform cpr while she's covered in blood and his hands are covered in blood and there's blood on his yeah. lips from whatever he did <laughs> like i yeah. assume the idea was just that he's cutting the umbilical cord or something along those lines but like it seems to yeah. be going i don't know i don't know man i don't know what's going on with that but anyway um yeah well, and I, there's I, just it's i like how they just I, I i like how the end of this movie is played where it's just like oh it, it's like a tragedy mm-hmm and she's just dead. <laughs> I kind of wish the movie had lingered a bit more. And and me saying that the movie should be cut down, I wish it had lingered a bit more on everybody learning that she's dead. Yeah. And maybe like letting that kind of soak in, so to speak. Sure. Just feel the sorrow from everyone, and then we have the the cliffhanger where she opens her eyes at the end, which 
I sh- I feel like I should hate that ending. Sure. Like like it's the same thing as like Batman versus Superman with the with the 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 dirt rising <laughs> above the coffin. Like it's the same thing, but but I I didn't hate it. Somehow I found it kind of satisfying. Maybe it's just because oh she's actually a vampire now and I've wanted that for like two yeah. movies. But <laughs> also it's like genuinely cathartic to see her like her health come back like yeah. the way they show they show that where she slowly like her her skin becomes pale and like they show her, her like muscles filling out again and stuff like they they actually yeah. show her she returns back to her normal re- well uh, returning returning to normal and even returning to like a more pristine beautiful figure of health or whatever because she's a vampire now and she's a pale yeah. angel whatever um yeah it's it's i think that the after watching her the entire movie be just like on her last life like just just so close to to the end it's it's pretty great to see like to to feel that emotion like okay she's she's coming back like right. she she's not making me horribly uncomfortable anymore um yeah i am i am genuinely excited to see her be a vampire in yeah. the next one like i yeah. i i want to know what happens next mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know how they deal with the baby. I want to know what the baby's like. Like, I, I want to know... I have questions that I want answers to. Speaking of the baby. Um, yeah, talk about the imprinting thing and why it's not the dumbest thing ever. I don't know if I can... You're asking, you're asking a tall order here. Uh, that's a minty right there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the... So, first of all, in the book, there is a thing where, like... Jacob is is talking to Bella and he's talking about one of his his wolf this is in Eclipse. He's talking about one of his wolf buddies and how all his wolf buddies are imprinting on on the ladies. I think he says that. I think he explains that in one of the previous ones. Sure. Or is it No, he does. He does explain the imprinting. But okay. there's a bit where he explains he's like, "Well, uh, you know, one of my other brother buddies, I think it's one of the, it's Quill. It's I think it's one of the guys who's actually in the second movie, introduced in the second movie." Um it's fine. He, he don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, he he explains. He's like, oh yeah, he imprinted, and she's like, well, well, good for him. And he's like, well, the problem is she's two, and so like they establish this ahead of time where where we get to see it from Bella's perspective, being like, oh dear God, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, but then they they do show him later as well. I I think it's actually in this book. Yeah. It is in this book. They they show the same guy uh, before all the stuff goes down with Bella, and Jacob's hanging out with him on the beach, and the dude's just just playing with the kid. He's just, he's got you know he's he's helping the the kid mess with some rocks or stuff and build a sandcastle or whatever. And he's just being. It, I like I like the line they have in the movie because the line they use in the movie is the fact that it is just the stuff about them being like their their protector and they they're now. The center of their their world is to protect this this person in this case a child. They don't right. they don't really emphasize the fact that also in eighteen years when I will technically not of age at all I will then uh, be I don't even know how to word that I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, once she's grown up I want to date her. Like they don't they don't go there in this movie at least. It's it's oh god ah it's it's too great and I know. Everything is relative, right? Sure. Edward's like over a hundred years old, so him being with Bella is creepy. Sure. But somehow it's less creepy <laughs> than this. 
And I guess the idea is that, you know, a vampire who's 17, they're trapped at 17. He doesn't mature beyond, yes. you know, yeah. in terms of mental capacity and experience. Well, experience, never mind. Scratch that. Um, but, you know, mentally, he hasn't matured beyond 17. Which sure. makes it less creepy. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I don't know why this is a plot point. I... I can't wait for the next one to see how it pays this off. Is, this is, uh, it's it's the same thing as like, it's, it just feels so out of it's, left field. It's, it feels like Stephanie Meyer didn't know how to actually solve the love triangle. So she just had be. to whip up or something. Or maybe not even necessarily that she didn't know how to solve it, but that she thought that would be a good way to solve it. Because, she, like I said, she set it up. Like, it, it's this has been coming. It's, it's like she wanted a clever way for them to both win. Yes. And... I think everyone just lost instead. <laughs> it's just creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about all that. Like, know. I'm just imagining, like, in 30 years, like, like they're, they're at their... their Jacob and, and their daughter like they're getting married and they're at their wedding and Jacob's just nudging Edward he's like I'm marrying your daughter <laughs> he, he just like he, he keeps trolling him about it problematic and then uh, uh what's Bella's father's name uh Charlie Charlie just shoots him yeah it'll be good like why why haven't you aged <laughs> Uh, I, I, it's, it's the sort of thing, it's the same sort of thing as like, anytime George R. R. Martin writes a sex scene, or like, also the ending of It by Stephen King, if you're familiar with that, we're not gonna, we're not gonna talk about it. Um, or when Ian Fleming tries to discuss Bond seducing a lady. Sure, sure, like it's, it's that level of just like, <laughs> Why does sometimes authors just need just feel the need to just go there? <laughs> yeah, just you're fine. Just don't. It's you're gonna be okay. I'm like, how much of this reflects on your characters getting to this way naturally, and how much of this is just you? Well, and it's weird too because it's like the idea of the imprinting thing is that it's like okay, so that, that it gives them an out for for Jacob to just like become obsessed with some other girl. Right. It doesn't have to be a child. And so it's like... I just don't know. In in a franchise of toxic relationships, I think this takes the cake. <laughs> You're not wrong. This franchise is nothing but toxic relationships. And despite me enjoying this movie as much as I do, it still has the problems of unhealthy relationships. None of these people should be together. Bella's arc should have just been that she leaves... Her and Anna Kendrick and Susie Crabgrass can just go have 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 a woman's vacation. They just go for like a wacko spring break adventure. It'll be so fine. Some, some comedy, probably probably Kristen Bell is in it. It'll be fine. Yeah, not Kristen and, Bell. Uh, um, sorry. Uh, I mean, she Rebel can be there Wilson. too. Rebel Wilson will show sure. up. Sure. What, what? It'll be a pitch perfect sequel. I don't know. Kristen Wiig. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, they can all be in there. It turns into bridesmaids. Too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, just just like do that. <laughs> I'm gonna be okay with this. Be okay with this. Paul Fee can redeem himself after Ghostbusters, which was probably fine. Which was probably fine. I I've never seen actually it. seen it. So we'll never see it. 
I mean, unless we somehow do it for the podcast. We'll never see it. <laughs> I don't I don't want to go there. Yeah, that's fair. Because it's probably fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, last thing I wanted to mention, because you kind of complimented the movie's visual style, mm-hmm. um, I kind of felt like it looks like a Hallmark movie. Sure. And, like, very flat, even Which, lighting. May I add? Everything was mild, you know, is fairly saturated. So, I mean, once again, the movie rises to the level of mediocrity, so I didn't yes. completely hate it, but... I was going to say, may, may I add, uh, there's a reason Hallmark movies don't look like the Twilight Saga Eclipse. <laughs> it's because they want people to watch them. <laughs> ah, got him. Yeah. <laughs> that moment when you say a Hallmark movie looks better than, than the Twilight Saga <laughs> Eclipse. Yep. Oh, boy. Um, But yeah, I, I didn't think the visual style was all that... It's not so, uh, it's not so much the style as it is the fact that the movie seems to understand that it can use visuals to portray things and yeah. that there's weird crazy stuff like I don't know Bella freaking out on her hospital bed after she's given birth to a vampire baby. She is a mental trip and it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um and then this movie has a mid-credit scene. Yeah. Um, and it's that was the only moment where I felt like, oh, aside from the, the opening sequence, it was the only time where I felt like, oh, we're back in, like, Eclipse territory. See, but see, that, I feel like that was making up for the uh, the cliffhanger we never got in Eclipse, where we wanted, we really wanted Jacob to propose to her at the end of Eclipse and, and leave it on a cliffhanger. That was sort of yeah. like, the, that was, this was the, uh, at, we've, which we mentioned many times before, I believe, this was Sinestro getting the, the yellow lantern ring, only we know for a fact we're getting the next movie. So right. it's like, ooh, we get to we get to see what they're go- where they're going with this. <laughs> Let's well, see weird, about they that. They play like one of their weird hipster alternative rock songs <laughs> through the saying. whole sequence. Like it doesn't fade out or anything. Yeah. Can you explain what the human woman's doing there? I I still was unclear about that. Like she wants I, to be a vampire, yeah, and then they just kill her. I guess because maybe that's the idea. She, is that she they were using her uh, because she wanted to be a vampire, and they weren't ever actually going to turn her into a vampire, and then they just kill her. I don't know. Once again, it's the same thing as that girl that the Volturi kill in the last one, where I'm like, I don't know who she, this this girl is. Yeah. She's been in this for 30 seconds. Why are you making her a thing? At least they stuck this as an after credit scene. Yeah. This movie just took everything wrong with the, with the last movie and just turned it slightly right. Yep. Not even completely right. It didn't have to work that hard. Just slightly. What did I give the first movie? Uh, D plus. Did I really? Yes. Oh, that gives me... Okay. You got Wiggle Room to be nice. Cool. Huh. What did I give... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're, go- we're, we're going back to the beginning. I'm, I'm pulling a Transformers Dark of the Moon. I'm giving this a C. There you go. This this movie, much like Dra- Transformers: Dark of the Moon, it actually took everything that I was expecting, that I've been expecting from this franchise, and actually did it mm-hmm. and did it pretty well. I'd, I'd say considered. that is a good comparison. And also, we're the only ones who think that it's worth anything. <laughs> yes, I 
I dare say you can watch it without watching any of the other ones. Maybe the first one if you really feel like it. Yeah. Of course, like a C, is uh, very average. Like I said, it doesn't rise above mediocrity. Everything I'm saying, like I sound uber positive, this is all relative to the nightmares yeah. that were New Moon and Eclipse. Yeah. So, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your mind. You ready? If you say C plus, I'm um, <laughs> do it. Do it. A minus. No, I'm doing C plus. <laughs> okay. I was like, there's no <laughs> way this is gonna be a B range movie for him. <laughs> I like how you started to be. If you say C plus, that's that's probably fine. Yeah, that's probably that makes that makes no sense. Yeah, I had a good time. I mean, really, I think the plus comes entirely from. Oh hey, they're they're trying to make a movie. They're trying to make <laughs> film. Well, the biggest thing for me was just it made sense. Yeah, yeah. The last two movies, for the most part, did not make sense. The su- simplicity and the focus. I like the discipline that this movie has. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Get, get, you know, tweak some of the werewolf stuff. Maybe either cut it out or make me care about it more. Get Taylor Lautner some acting lessons. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think this movie's on its way to being decent. And maybe maybe have a better cinematographer. Sure. I buy it. This movie's this movie's all right. Movies, all right. I mean, I'm not saying you need to watch it, but if you ever have like a passing curiosity, if you're ever like, I, you know, Twilight was a thing, I want to know what it's all about. You just start here, it's fine. It's movies, all right. Bella's all right. Just seem a little weird. I don't know. That's all I got. That's that's fair. Vampires, vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob's in love with a baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my review of the Twilight Saga. It's also his review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It's also my review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, boy. Yeah, we've got one more, and then we're out of we're out of here. Yeah. On to Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah, so have we gone ahead and laid out how we're doing our catch-up movies? Have we? Well, I think I think order? I think it's just because we're just doing chronological, obviously, as we usually do. Yeah. So we're doing Crimes of Grindelwald. Then it'll be Aquaman. Correct. Uh, I think no, sorry. Aquaman. I think I believe Aquaman and Bumblebee came out on the same day, but Creed two came out first. So we'll be doing that. So first. Creed okay, two. Okay. Then we'll be doing Bumblebee and Aquaman. Yay! I get to watch Creed two again. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I like that movie quite um, a bit. I'm excited about half of those movies. Sure. Uh, the other two movies that I'm not excited about being uh, Crimes of Grindelwald and uh, Aquaman. How dare you? I mean, I already... I am. I, I already gave Aquaman a C if people have been listening <laughs> closely to this podcast, so... Um, See, the problem is we didn't... This is the problem with spacing it out the way we did. If we if we watched all the DCEU movies, if we did those week week to week, like like <laughs> you, we've been doing you'd, with Twilight, you'd be more punishing. 
I'd be no, no. I'd be more positive about Aquaman. I'd still give it a C. It would be it would be the exact same review as what you just listened to, folks. I'd be going. This movie is so metal. There were so many cool things. I give it a C. <laughs> and that's my review of Aquaman. That's fair. Um. Also, this one thing I can say: the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part One did not have the terrible cover of Africa by Pitbull. I figured... So that automatically makes it better than Aquaman. I just kind of assume that's going to come up whenever we talk about Aquaman at this point. Yeah, that's... You know, like, on my list of terrible characters in movies that I have... One you know, of them... Have like teal, one of them is Leone that Pitbull from, cover of Africa. Yes, one of them is the... But you have, like, Dr. Kafka, one of them is Teal Leone's character from Jurassic Park 3, and then there's just the Africa cover by, by Pitbull. <laughs> I've never wanted to kill a song, but, you know. <laughs> Woo. So that's the Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn Part 1. Um, Watch it or don't. I don't really care. <laughs> Tyler, take us home. You can find us online at herecomingsequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. Uh, you can find us on iTunes if you search Here Come the Sequels. You can also email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. Um, if, you're, if you're following along, uh, we, you, you may be aware that YouTube uh, decided we were spam uh, for some reason and suspended our account. Um, we, we, we previously attempted to uh, move to Pornhub to begin hosting. Um, unfortunately, uh, they discovered that we had a, a very sketchy history with investing in illegal and fraudulent theme parks built around resurrecting dinosaurs. Um, and uh, there, were, there were multiple deaths, um, a number of class action lawsuits. So, unfortunately, uh, See, they have... See, there's the Wolf of Wall Street, and then there's Tyler, the Wolf of Jurassic Park. Yes, so. uh, unfortunately, they... I, I, I tried so many... I, I, I spent so much money trying to get that. Many, many people... He even hired Jonah Hill with his phosphorescent teeth that he has in the Wolf of Wall Street to come and try and help him out. Unfortunately, um, Jonah Hill's didn't... He didn't show up. Oh, no, no, no. He he actually didn't make it. Um, he, he he went to check out the parks, and he never came back. Um, oh, okay. The death toll is at least the thousands. So in the continuity of this podcast, Jonah Hill's dead. They are still tabulating. Um, I have I've fled the country. Um, so they, you know, that's, that's, that's besides the point. Um, I take no responsibility for my actions, uh, in this case. Uh, needless to say, we will be taking our talents to Twitch, which is, after all, the superior video streaming platform. <laughs> Correct. I, I like to imagine it's just, it's just videos of us playing like Super Smash Brothers or you know just something random <laughs> with our audio for our review of the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1. Oh, oh, it's not even it's not even us playing Super Smash Brothers. We we pay other people to just 24/7. Or we just steal other people's videos. Or yeah, yeah, it was just we take we take videos from like YouTubers we like and we, then we just put them up there and mute them and then put our own audio over them. Oh, the Game Grumps are playing the new Legend of Zelda. Wait, why are these guys reviewing uh, Skyfall? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> We're making it big, folks. We're <laughs> making it big. Y'all go see Avengers Endgame. I don't need to tell you that.
I don't need to help this movie. This movie was made by a giant corporation uh, that has more money than it will ever know what to do with, but go see it anyway. <laughs> Just think, by the time we record the next episode, we will have seen that movie. That's accurate. Multiple times. That's accurate. All right, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll see you we all assume, later. We assume, by the way, that we are speaking for all of you. Um, and we'll assume that is... the movie won't kill us with its awesomeness. Yes. We're also, yeah, yeah. I'm imagining an Ark of the Covenant scenario where it opens up and we can't, we just can't handle it, and it kills us. Worth. I think it's, I think it's less Ark of the Covenant and more uh, the the aliens from uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, that's uh, a Cape Blanchett. That works. The knowledge we're, is we're connecting the, the knowledge is too much. The knowledge is too much. Too much. Even though we were asking for it. Accurate. I told you it works out. Half those Nazis, they weren't they weren't looking for like them to open. They didn't want to see the the the, the glory of God burning their face off. They they were just they were just following orders. I mean, they're they're Nazis, so they probably deserved it. But like, they weren't asking for it. They weren't they weren't they didn't. The hardest choices require the strongest wills, Alex. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Art is subjective. Nothing is real. I'm out of here. Let's go see Endgame. <laughs>